You are listening to the official Acts 2 podcast. For more information and resources, please visit our website at www.acts2orlando.com. Awesome. Well, good morning, everyone. How are we doing? There are so many new faces here today. It's so good to see you all. I saw an army of children walk in, like right when worship started. Do all those children belong to one person? Three? That is awesome. That is so good. I was drawn back to a scripture when I saw you guys walk in. And um, so we'll just proclaim this over all three of you, all three couples, so you guys can receive this. Happy will be the couples who has many of them. A household full of children will not bring shame on your name, but victory when you face your enemies. For your offspring will have influence and honor to prevail on your behalf. So we just release that over you. That's Psalm 127.5. Yeah, I just thought of that. I went back to, I heard Lou Engle speak once, and he talked about having lots of children. And he said, I've got this quiver on my back, and I want it to be full. And I just keep reaching back and shooting them out. Shooting them out. Go, go, go. And it's so good to see that. So be fruitful and multiply. (laughs) We're pregnant right now, so we're already working on it. We're doing our part. Awesome. Well, hey, happy Thanksgiving to everyone in the room. It's Thanksgiving week. I want to speak towards that uh, this morning, but I want to start us off by um, people just saying what you're thankful for. And I need a runner. Somebody want to be a runner for me? Everybody's fighting for it. So whoever in the room just wants to share something you're thankful for, just real quick, just stand up. And um, Andrew's going to bring the mic to you so you can just share something that you are thankful for. So not everybody at once, but all right, over here. And if you want to do it, just go ahead and stand up. That way we know where you are. Hi. I am thankful for OSSM. Uh, The class, literally, guys, like signs and wonders follow me wherever I go. Who else? Who else wants to stand up? Just real quick, just say something you're thankful for. There we go. I'm just super thankful for motherhood and my baby who's about to be one year old. Yes. Who else? Come on. There we go. You can go ahead and stand up. I want to take this moment to say that I'm thankful for my my bride, my wife. Yeah. Yeah. Next, uh, next Sunday, 40 years of marriage. Yes, Jesus. That is good. That is good. Good. And it is this one right now. Anybody else? All right. Yeah, there we go. I just want to say I'm thankful for God leading me back to places of defeat to become victorious. Oh, that's good. I am thankful for being the perfect resemblance of health in our Papa. Yeah. Anybody else? Trisha? You getting your exercise in, Andrew? <laughs> so I'm thankful for this little miracle I got this week. I, my prescription sunglasses, I tried to put them up on the visor next to me, and they fell, and I heard them hit the passenger door. And I thought, oh, I'm going to have to make a mental note when I stop to go over and take them out so they don't just fall out. Well, I completely forgot 
went to Walmart, and when I came out, opened that door, put all my stuff in, came home, couldn't find my glasses, went back to Walmart with a flashlight, searched everywhere, couldn't find them, went through the entire car, Randy went through the car. The next day, as I was going to work, I just, I prayed, and I'm like, Lord, this, and I thought, oh, this sounds so ridiculous, but I'm going to pray it anyways. I said, could you just make those glasses show up somewhere in the back? I know this is crazy because I heard them fall to the right, but could they just be there? And I opened the door, and I'm like, of course they're not there. And then there, under the other passenger seat, on the total opposite, they were right there. <laughs> I just started to cry. And I was like, you're so good to me. You're so good. So I really felt that was just a testimony of his faithfulness to make it something that seemed so impossible possible. That's good. That's good. Awesome. I'm just overwhelmed with gratitude for my <laughs> my five grandchildren. It overwhelms me. And then I have a story that I thought of of his. I lost the only key to the, my car that I had. And I, I didn't have to go anywhere for several days, and it wasn't till the next and then I was going to need it. I had to get somewhere. I didn't know what I was going to do. And so that day I took my dog walking around from the airport around the bush, and I stopped and I said, That's a lot of kids. That is awesome. All right, one more. I'm thankful that God gives us little surprises. Don and I went out to eat Thursday night, and this lady walks up to me. She said, you prayed for me a year ago for my hip, and I'm still healed. And I did Yeah. <laughs> that is good. That is good. There's something special when we're able to just stand and declare the things that we're thankful for, right? It does stuff in us. It does stuff for those around us. It builds our faith. It gets us excited. It gets us encouraged. And um, for me, something I'm very thankful is Andrew and Jocelyn. The, um, we've been able to, uh, yeah, thankful that we've been able to come in and minister with you guys for six years or so. And um, just thankful for your faith and moving here, saying, God telling you I'm going to Orlando and just taking that step, not knowing what it looked like. And um, yeah, so I am thankful for you and Jocelyn and your entire family. So yes, we love you guys. Awesome. So how many of you guys in the room love to get breakthrough? <coughs> I thought so. That's something we're all about here. All right, so I'm going to talk to us out of Ephesians this morning. I'm borrowing Andrew's book. And um, he, he says it's on the shelf. We can use it anytime we want. So I took it, and I told him I was taking it, so I'll return it later. But um, here's something I realized as I was really praying into this and thinking through what God was really laying on my heart to share with you guys today, and it's this right here. Many times the fullness of our breakthrough is not yet realized because we don't fully know who we are in the kingdom of God. When I wrote that one, I stopped for 10 minutes and sat there. Come on, man. Um, and I'm doing it again. 
Many times the fullness of our breakthrough is not yet realized because we don't fully know our place in the kingdom of God as sons and daughters of the king on high. So many times we, get, we, we go searching for this breakthrough, but we go at it from the wrong stance. We go at it... Oh. Jesus is good. Jesus is good. So in order to begin to realize who we are in the kingdom of God, we have to begin to realize how to receive things from the king, how to receive things from our father. And before we can truly operate in that thankfulness that we're supposed to live in, before we can operate in that, we have to first be able to receive. Our ability to receive a gift directly correlates to the perspective of our worth. And so we look at ourselves and we may think, I'm not worth that. Or we may look at ourselves and we may say, I'm not that cool. <laughs> I've said that before, so <laughs> laugh at that. Ha, ha, ha. And, um, but I'm not worth that gift. Or that is, how many of you have ever gotten a gift and you've looked at those people and you said, that's too much? Has anybody ever done that? I've done that. We, that that's another lie. And so um, <laughs> we look at it and we say, that is too much. But here's the deal. Thankfully, we don't look at Jesus and tell him that his death on the cross was too much for us. His death on the cross was not too much for us. And so through that, if someone's willing to die for us, to bring them back into the family of God, aren't we worth everything in the world? Yeah. Anything that comes your way, you are worth getting and you are worth receiving. My first set of power tools. That's a monumental day in life. And um, my dad was a contractor. And so when I got married and moved down here, it was my turn to get my first set of power tools. And we owned a town home. And so I didn't need many because we technically weren't even responsible for the building itself. But um, I did want to have tools because Danielle and I had a lot of things we wanted to do. So we went to Lowe's and um, went searching for my first set of power tools. And we got an awesome, you know, they come in like, you can get them in like a set with like a saw and a sawzaw and all the things, drills, lights, all battery operated, just good stuff. And it just makes you go, err. <laughs> So we go there, and as we're searching for them, I find the ones I want. And Danielle goes, get them. And I'm like, really? Get them? And she's like, yeah, get them. And so in that moment, I was really thinking, okay, this is really cool. I love these. These are awesome. They're the exact ones I would have picked out myself, but they're more money than I would have spent on myself. And, and so we get them, but as soon as we get in the car, my response after getting it was, what can we get you? What can we get you now, Danielle? That thing that you wanted, let's go get it. I think it was actually a vacuum that she really wanted, <laughs> or, or something like that. But I was like, let's go get that for you now. Let's go get that for you. Let's go to the store right now and get it. And so in that moment, I wasn't fully able to receive the gift that she was giving me. And I knew my place. I knew that I was her husband, but yet I wasn't able to fully receive that free gift that she was giving me because of an insecurity in myself. And for me not thinking, I can't fully receive this. We have to give something back to her now. And I feel like we operate in that place so many times. And here's the irony of it all. She forgot this story. I told her I was telling it yesterday to make sure it was okay, and she had forgotten it. But the irony is her love language is gift giving. So in that moment, I took away that that from her. I took away the gift that she was able to give to me by sitting there and coming back and saying, what can I give you now? And she looked at me and she said, it's not a comparison. You don't have to match this. 
She said, it's a gift. I want to give it to you. And these love languages, where do they come from? Jesus, right? So doesn't he like to give gifts? He likes to give us gifts. And if we don't fully receive what he's giving us, are we doing the same thing to him? How many times have we gotten a, a blessing from God and we know it's from him and then we're like, okay, now I have to go do something. I have to go do something. I have to work in order to receive what God is giving me. And we get into that spot and then it's not, we're not operating out of thankfulness, but instead we're operating out of trying to catch up. Mm-hmm. We're operating from this place of lack when we're not pushing into the thankfulness and God just going, thank you, God. When Danielle gave me my power tools, I could have said, thank you, sweetheart, for my drills. Thank you for my saw. And just been extremely happy about it. Instead, I came at it from the response of, what can I get you now? What can I get you now? And so I feel like there's something in this and the way that we posture ourselves in thankfulness. I have been... um, I've been able to travel around the world on missions and all kinds of fun stuff. And I was in the Czech Republic once. I was in Prague. And it's a fun city. It's one of my favorite cities that I've ever been to. But when I was there, I noticed something. The people that were begging on the streets, they were, you know, they homeless. They needed stuff. They needed everything. And they were lived in so much shame that they would put their faces on the ground and hold, a, hold something in front of them, and you'd never even see their face. And I feel like sometimes we take that approach with God. And it comes out of this place of, oh, I have to approach him in humility and honor and adoration. And yes, you do. You do. But my son doesn't come to me that way. When he wants pretzels, he doesn't come crawling to me. He doesn't bow down at my feet. Instead, I get down on his level, and I hold his hands, and he goes, Daddy, I want some pretzels. And I say, you got it, son. I'm going to give you these pretzels. And he fully receives them, right? And so where do we lose that? At what point in life do we begin to step back from that and not be able to fully receive the gifts out of a place of thankfulness instead of this place of I'm not worth it? Hmm. Open up your Bibles. I'm reading out of the Passion Translation I read it in like five different ones, um, but I just love the Passion Translation. It's, um, it's really good. So if you haven't gotten it yet, just get it, use it, add it to your library, add it to your tools. It's good to read all the different versions of the Bible. Um, so yeah, I'm reading out of that. I'm going to start in verse 3, Ephesians 3. And I think it'll be up on the screen behind me as well. Ephesians 3 says this, Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm has already been lavished upon us as a love gift from our wonderful heavenly father, the father of our Lord Jesus, all because he sees us wrapped into Christ. This is why we celebrate him with all of our heart. Every blessing in the heavenly realm. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Every single blessing in the heavenly realm hasn't just, I love the way he says it here. It hasn't just been given to you, but it has been lavished on you as a love gift from your father. See, that's operate, that's beginning to operate in the place of being able to receive as a son, being able to receive as a daughter rather than receiving as a pauper. 
If you go back and look at the, the kingdom, you know, in, in older times, um, monarchies, is that what they called them? I think history, that was a while ago for me, but um, <laughs> history was, is in my history. But anyways, if you look at that in the kingdom, you have the king, you have the walls and all the people live within the walls, but then you have the king that lives in the castle and his kids, the, the princes and the princesses, they all live in the castle and then everybody else has to bring them stuff and everybody else lives under their rule and their dominion. But in this, in God's kingdom, we're all welcomed into the house and he brings us in and he says, hey, this is rightfully yours. In fact, I'm going to take every spiritual blessing that I have and I'm going to lavish it on you with the love that I have. The same love that sent his son to die on the cross is the same love that he's using to lavish every good and perfect gift on us. That feels good to me. Mm, Jesus. So let's do this. He tells us that every blessing in the heavenly realm is lavished on us as a gift. And so let's just take a moment. Just open up your hands. I tell our youth kids all the time, there's nothing too fancy about doing this, but rather we're opening up our hands to receive the present that he's going to give us. When somebody gives you a present, you open up your hands. You don't just sit there and let them drop it on the floor in front of you. So let's just open up our hands to receive what God has for us. Every blessing in the spiritual realm He lavishes on us as a gift. So right now, Jesus, lavish your love on us. The free gifts that you have for us, Jesus. Yeah, we thank you for these gifts, Jesus. Mm Mm-hmm. Now just imagine whatever it is in front of you. (laughs) And don't look at it as though it's too big. Don't look at it as though it's too much. Don't look at it as though it's meant for someone else. I heard that one. That's a lie. (laughs) Ha ha. But look at it as that's a gift from your father. That's a gift from the king. It is a gift from God. That is good. Yeah. All right, open up the gifts. It's yours. Free stuff. We love that. Thank you, Jesus. (coughs) Oh, man. So when we get to this place in our lives, when we are receiving these gifts from God, and, you know, sometimes it's like, you know, just something that he tells us or something that he puts in us. And then other times, you know, it may come in the form of a check in the mail. You know, we get those at home and I run in, we got a check in the mail. And Danielle will be like, how much is it for? Three dollars. And we're like, yes. And it's just so good because we're beginning to posture ourselves from this place of we are receiving the gifts that God has from us and they are good. And they are good. Verse four. And he chose us to be his very own, joining us to himself, even before he laid the foundation of the universe. Because of his great love, he ordained us so that we would be seen as holy in his eyes with an unstained innocence. I love that. An unstained innocence. Innocence. This is where we begin to really see our place as sons and as daughters of the king. I knew a, um, actually I didn't. My wife knew a couple. I steal her stories a lot. My wife knew a couple that uh, adopted. Do we have anyone in the room that's adopted or has adopted children? 
Awesome. Yes, that is so good. And so Danielle's, um, the story of Danielle's friends, they went and they, um, they adopted a child, which is amazing. Brought them into their family, you know, obviously. They adopted them. But what they did one day, the, the child was really struggling with the fact that they were adopted. And they, <laughs> the mom and dad looked at the child and they said, your brothers and sisters, their natural born kids, were a gift from God. And they looked at, the, looked at the child that was adopted and they said, but we chose you. We chose you. We didn't know what we were getting with the other ones. They were just a, a surprise and a gift from God. But we chose you. Isn't that something we just read? And he chose you to be his very own. If that doesn't begin to get you excited about your place in the kingdom, we begin to understand our positions as sons and daughters of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Too many times people have the understanding that the blood of Jesus covers sins. But if you look at this verse in the way that it's um, put there, we have an unstained innocence. So... If we had the blood of Jesus covering our sins, what, what would it look like? Would it be a little stained? Yes, it definitely would. But 1 John 1.7 tells us that the blood of Jesus cleanses sins, creating the unstained innocence. I feel like a lot of times we think, oh, I don't get the good gifts. I don't get well, all that God has for us. Or we approach him from that place of I have to like crawl my way to him because of the things that I've done in the past or the things that I'm doing now. But no, no, no. He looks at us with the unstained innocence, completely and totally pure. My son throws a water bottle, hits me in the head. The next time I give him a water bottle, I don't expect him to do that again. Why? Because I forgave him. And I'm not holding him to that. Like Courtney said during um, closing worship ministry time there, we start each day at a new level. It's not, it's not like a restart every day. It's not like memory cards you used to have with like a PlayStation or something before it was all built in. You'd have to, if you lost your memory card, you had to start all over. That's not the case with God. But we have the ability to just go from glory to glory to glory. And so in that, we have the opportunity to truly begin to operate as sons and daughters of the king. And I think so many times growing up, I thought to myself when I, you know, when we're worshiping God, when I'm praying to him or when I, you know, if I were to see him, I just always imagined I would just bow at his feet in reverence. And yes, that is true. And that is, that is good. But the word tells us in Ephesians 3 that we have boldness through him and free access as kings before the Father because our complete confidence in Christ's fullness. We are able to approach the throne of grace with boldness. Why? Because of our position with God. Because of the way that he sees us. Because of the way that we are able to fully receive everything that he has for us. And through that, we're beginning to be able to live in this thankful place because we're able to receive. If you're not able to receive, then you're not going to be truly able to be thankful. Does that make sense? Ephesians 5 and 6. For it was always in his perfect plan to adopt us or to establish us 
as his delightful children through our union with Jesus, the anointed one, so that his tremendous love that cascades over us would glorify his grace. For the same love he has for his beloved one, Jesus, he has for us. And this unfolding plan brings him great pleasure. (laughs) That is good. The same love that he has for his beloved one, Jesus, he has for you. He has for you. And once you begin to fully understand that, or even just begin to understand that, begin to dive into that, and begin to ask him what that looks like, you begin to see a shift in the way that you see things. You begin to see a shift in the way that you receive. You begin to see a shift in the way that you give. You begin to see a shift in the way that you love others. And it's coming from this place of sons and daughters of the king. And how do we do that? Because of Jesus. Back in verse 4 where it says, um, where is it? Verse 3 or 4, somewhere in there, talks about where we're wrapped into Jesus. You know, we're wrapped up into him because of what he did on the cross. We're able then to have this full, complete, and total access to the king of kings. Verse 7 says this, Since we are now joined to Christ, we have begun... Since we are now joined to Christ, we have been given the treasures of redemption by his blood, the total cancellation of our sins, <laughs> all because of the cascading riches of his grace. Man, that's good stuff right there. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. We had our healing rooms here Friday evening, and it was fantastic. We had 11 people come through for prayer, but I'm telling you, it's so much more than that. It's so much more than that. The community, the worship, the just the presence that we go after is so thick. It's so good. It's revival. And that's what, like, I'm so excited about serving, but I'm just, I leave every night full. And my bedtime's usually like nine (laughs) o'clock. And so it keeps me out late, but I leave so full and so energized because of the presence of God. But we were sitting, Danielle and Bella and Anthony were leading us in worship, and I was sitting right there. And I was like, all right, Jesus, what are we going to do now? And I was trying to think of all the things I could say, and I went back to this. It's all about you, Jesus. It's all about you, Jesus. And I sat there for I don't know how long just saying Jesus. Jesus, it's all about you, Jesus. It's all about you, Jesus. We have been given the treasures of heaven, of redemption by his blood, the total cancellation of our sin because of the grace of his riches, the riches of his grace. So it's something we thought say a lot around here, but grace is not a cover for sin, but a resource for righteousness. Too many times we look at the blood of Jesus and we look at grace and we say, oh, I have a free pass to do whatever I want. No, no, no. The grace comes in and cleanses us and then we renew our minds and we live in a different place. Now we're working, not working, now we're pushing towards and going towards that relationship with the Father, learning more about his character. And through that, we live differently because we're different. Thankfulness. Let's get back there. Jesus, you are good. It's all about Jesus. Hmm. We have been chosen 
and brought into the kingdom of God, not as servants, not as slaves, but as children of the king with full and complete access to him and everything that he has. This causes us to change our posture when it comes to being thankful. Who in here knows that posture is important? Yes, they say like 50 to 80% of Americans struggle with their posture, which correlates to back pain, neck pain. Come on, they're out of a line. They're out of alignment. I went to a, um, a chiropractor and they did all these funny things with um, pictures of me and then like finding my alignment by like just not by doing anything, but just showing me what my posture was like. And I, my head was like two inches forward. And they said, now that takes it from this place of where your head's supposed to weigh, let's say 15 pounds. I'm not sure. Um, it's not my forte, but say my head is 15 pounds. They said now on your shoulders and your neck, it feels like 50 because your posture's not right, because your posture is incorrect, because you're not lined up. You're not in alignment. And when we begin to operate in this posture of thankfulness, but it's not just saying you're thankful, it's operating from this place of realizing why you're thankful. It begins to change the way that you see things. It begins to change the way that you do things. This is good. <coughs> Jesus. Thanksgiving is the only proper way to receive what God has given us because it honors our relationship with him by expressing trust in his goodness. Even if we do not yet understand what we've received. Thanksgiving is the only proper way to receive what God has given us because it honors our relationship with him by expressing trust in his goodness, even if we do not yet understand what we have received. (laughs) How many of you have ever been given a gift and you're like, thank you, and you have no idea how to use it? (laughs) This happens. It happens to me. I've gotten a gift before, and I'm like, thank you. This is awesome. I have no clue what to do with it, but I will figure it out. And then you figure it out, and it's like, this is the best thing ever. When we begin to shift things, when we begin to do that, thanksgiving sanctifies whatever it touches, even the evil things. This is an atmosphere shifter. Thanksgiving is an atmosphere shifter. When you begin to look at things, say that you are way in the, the red. That's bad, right? In the counting, red is, red is bad. Black is good. Red and black are awesome to me. Go dogs. But, um... <laughs> um when we're, when if you say in, in, in your life, if you were in this place of, with your finances to where you're just in a crazy amount of debt and you just sat there and you said, God, I thank you for the financial breakthrough. Yeah. God, I thank you for your provision. God, I thank you for what you're doing in our lives. God, I thank you for what you're bringing us. You're not sitting there and you're not giving power and authority to what is the, the evil thing, the thing of lack, but rather you're giving the power and authority to God. And through that, he begins to bring breakthrough. Now, you may not get a check in the mail for $50,000 to get yourself out of debt, but you'll begin to align yourself up with him and how he sees things, and now you're going to begin to change that. You're going to begin to change that because now you're able to fully receive, and you're able to say, thank you, Jesus, because your eyes aren't on the problem, but they're on the king. When you give thanks, the weapon the enemy wants to use to dislodge you from your divine purpose is put into your hands and becomes the very thing that brings you more fully into your purpose. 
These last couple, they're from Bill Johnson. So I'm going to read it again because I have to read his stuff like 50,000 times because it's so good. When you give thanks, the weapon the enemy meant to use to dislodge you from your divine purpose is put into your hands and becomes the very thing that brings you more fully into your purpose. That which the enemy meant for evil, God. And so many times we think it's the same situation. Like my car just got hit. God's going to give me a new car. No, no, no. That might not be the case. It may not flip that situation right there, but what he's going to do, the very thing that was meant to use to dislodge you from your divine purpose now is going to be the thing that takes you fully into your purpose with him. That is good. Had something else I was going to do. I'm going to do it real quick. We got to be quick, though. Um, so those of you that need breakthrough in areas um, right now, I just, you know, I want you to stand up and just begin to thank God for the breakthrough that's coming, whatever it is. Just do it out loud and I'll point at you. OK, here we go. All right, let's do this. Let's just all do it together. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Just begin to say thank you, Jesus, for the breakthrough. Whatever area it is in your life, we're focusing on the good. We're focusing on the gold. Yes, Jesus, right now, come. Yes, Jesus. Yes. Thank you for blessings. We thank you for healings, Jesus. Yes, we thank you for breakthrough. We thank you for financial breakthrough. We thank you for gifts and surprises, Jesus. Yeah, we thank you, Jesus, for your goodness. We thank you for your goodness, Jesus. Mm. We thank you that you see us as sons and daughters and not as bond servants and slaves. We thank you, Jesus, for your goodness. We thank you for the breakthrough that you have for us. Yeah, we thank you for the breakthrough that's in front of us, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, this is a... This is a house of overflow. Yes, yes. Lack is not, not going to live here. Yeah. <laughs> Supernatural overflow. And lack does not exist in the kingdom of God. And we're not going to let it exist yes. in our minds. We are not going to live from a place of lack, but we're going to live from a place of fullness. We're going to live from a place of overflow. Come on. Mm. Man, what would happen if we all showed up here on a Sunday morning ready to go. What would happen if we quit viewing the church as a place of a hospital and a place that we just had to go to get filled, but rather we came filled and we poured out on each other and we joined together and this became a time of celebration, a time of ministering to each other. And yes, of course, we want to see healing. We want to see people that come in here hurting and we want to love them. The scripture tells us that, but that's not the purpose that we all come for each week. We don't come to be filled. We don't live Sunday to Sunday, but we live moment to moment in the presence of the King. That is good. Andrew, Bella, you guys come back up. Mm. Thankfulness acknowledges truth. And when we agree with the truth, the truth will set you free to see and to manifest the greatness that he has put into you as one whom he has made you in his image. Hmm. When we withhold thanks to God, we actually cut ourselves off from our identity as his children. We're in this season of thanksgiving. 
it's, it's, you know, we're in America. It's fourth Thursday every year. We celebrate Thanksgiving. But what if we as a people, what if we as a church begin to operate out of thankfulness all the time? What if we operate out of that place? And sometimes if you don't know what you're thankful for, what if you just said, Jesus, I'm th- I thank you that you died on the cross for me. Jesus, I thank you. There's sometimes when I'm not exactly sure what I'm thankful for, and I go back to that, and there's nothing that compares to that, that moment that we are able to have thanks for what he did for us to bring us back into his kingdom. Because from the beginning of time, not the beginning of time, but since the fall of man, that's been his story. Bring you back into his kingdom. Redemption. If you begin to read the Bible, the Old Testament to the New is a story of redemption. You see the Father heart of God pulling us back into himself. We're going to do communion this morning. So if I can have some help moving the tables out a little bit further on both sides. Um, We're going to do communion this morning. And here's why I wanted to do it. I want us to come to the table this morning and I want us to approach it with boldness. And I want us to approach it with joy. And I want us to approach it with thankfulness. Because it is, the, the bread represents the body of Christ, the body of Jesus that was broken for us. And so many times we do that, and I feel like I've done it in the past where I come, and I'm like, this is the body of Jesus. And I'm like, I'm sorry, Jesus. <laughs> I'm sorry that sometimes I have to come here because of something I've done or because of whatever. But instead, if we approach it as, Jesus, I thank you for what you did. I thank you that through this sacrifice that you made, I was brought back into your kingdom and I was brought back into your family. And the blood of Jesus that cleanses our sins and brings us back to that unstained innocence. We approach the throne of grace. We approach communion. We approach the table that's set before us with that in mind. Jesus, we thank you for who you are. And so we're going to do it here in just a second. On this side is wine and this side is grape juice. And we do it by a method called intinction. You just grab the bread, dip it in the cup, and then you can keep going. And so, um, yeah, I'm going to pray for us and we're going to come to the table and we're going to be thankful for what God's done for us. We're going to be thankful for what, for who he is to us. That's it. We're going to be thankful for who God is to you. It's not about doing right now. I want it to be about who he is because it's from that place that we then begin to be able to receive all that he has for us. And if you're here today and you've never met Jesus, we would love to introduce you to him. So Jesus, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for who you are. We thank you that you are king, that you are Lord. We thank you for who you are, Jesus. We thank you for who you are as a father. We thank you for who you are as the king. And because of that, we're able to come before you with boldness and with confidence. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Acts 2 podcast. Love God, love people, and live life.